Hey guys, welcome back to My Movie Story. It's Brian here and uh, thanks for watching and tuning in again. We drop a new episode every Monday night uh, and uh, we've been going through about seven or eight weeks now. Um, thanks everyone for watching and, and checking it out and hope you're enjoying the episodes. Uh, so we're back with another episode and it's um, a real honor for me to have a special guest on tonight, a young man called Caden. Uh, I've known Caden for, for many, many years, and he's a short filmmaker, and Caden's actually directed quite a few short films, uh, one called Malevolence, one called Pathos, hope I'm pronouncing that right, yeah, <laughs> and another one called Shepherd's Hill, and, and the last of those actually scored Caden a Best Director nomination at the Melbourne Underground Film Festival, um, and played on screens overseas, so he's um he's definitely got some legwork there in, in the filmmaking industry, and He's actually currently taking a bit of a break from filmmaking, I believe, and he's focusing on building a podcast of his own. And um, I was recently a guest on his podcast. And we had a lot of fun doing that and had a good chat. Uh, First and... guest, in fact. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Thank you, Kate. Yeah. <laughs> and he's also a real movie enthusiast and he loves action films, as you're about to discover in this episode. So this is officially our first action themed episode of my movie podcast. Which three action films are they? Well, you'll you'll have to wait to find out. So Let's get right into it. So uh, welcome to the show, Caden. How are you going? Thanks for having me, Brian. I'm going well. <laughs> awesome, yeah. mate. Awesome. Yeah. Um, really cool to have you on, on the show, mate, because, you know, you, you're you a young filmmaker. You've uh, you sort of come from a background of that and uh, you know movies and, and you know how they're made. You know how to make them. You love watching them, talking about them. So we're going to hear some really cool insights from you, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, maybe to, just to kick us off, Caden, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit more about some of the short films you've made and, you know, how did, how did that kind of come about for you? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, I grew up in the film industry, I guess, uh, as a child in the film industry, because my dad, uh, is a, or was a production designer, uh, for the majority of his life. So we grew up, you know, uh, flying overseas to America and, and on studio sets and stuff like that. Um, so those, for those of you listening, if you want to Google him, it's Leslie Bins. IMDb. Uh, he did Man from Snow River, Crocodile Dundee, some of the bigger names. Very cool. Um, in mm -hmm. fact, um, I think he might even be on this get uh, this podcast soon enough. Uh, he, might, he might be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so so I grew up around film. Uh, so obviously, I uh, by extension of that, I fell in love with uh, the process of filmmaking and and films themselves. Uh, so when I was eighteen, I studied filmmaking at Swinburne University. I also studied uh, acting at NIDA. So uh, one of uh, my first projects at Swinburne University was to make a black and white uh, slide by slide full frame by frame film that went for about two minutes. Yep. It broke the rules. Uh, I, I hired a, a camera that I probably shouldn't have with a friend of mine, Tim Maslin at the time. And we made a 11 and a half minute or so short film called Shepherd's Hill. Ah. which uh, we entered in the, a couple of festivals, St Kilda Film Festival and the uh, Melbourne Underground Film Festival, where awesome. it was nominated for an award uh, for, uh, yeah, nominated for Best Director. Fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, 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 I've always, so it was a lot of fun, a lot of learning. Uh, but really at that time, all I cared about was like making films and, and, and becoming, you know, I, I guess a, a paid or professional hmm. director. Uh and yeah, and, and then I uh, after that I, I made a few others as well, Pathos, and most recently I raised 
about $14,000 using Kickstarter. 6,000 was through Kickstarter and the rest was through angel investors, people we knew. And I hired a feature film crew over three days and shot a film called Malevolence, oh. which we actually didn't release in the end uh, in, in, as far as in film festivals. Yep. Um, but it was an amazing production. We had yep. stuntmen and uh, yep. I'm, I'm actually, now that I haven't been so close to it for quite a few years, I definitely regret being overcritical of that film and yeah. probably putting it through things. Yeah. yeah. I had this uh, expectation of myself that I would hit, you know, Hollywood style filmmaking at mm -hmm. a level straight away, which was completely unrealistic. And now that I'm a little bit older and a little bit more mature, I realize that we were actually on track to doing quite well. Yeah. Uh, but I burnt out with the stress and the expectations that I put on myself. Yeah. So I burnt out from it. I also wasn't a big fan of, you know, some of the egos that fly around within the film industry and, and right. hierarchy and stuff sure. like that. So, yeah, 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 pretty much. And uh, I don't think it's dead. It's definitely something I will revisit. But at the moment, we're focused yeah. on creating a podcast. And, and yeah, uh, that's number one for us. Absolutely. Now, I know the podcast is still sort of in the early stages. And is there anything about it you can tell us sort of the direction of it, the topics like? Yeah, yeah. sure. So the podcast is called The Oddball Effect. Uh, my co-host, Mark Tran, is my co-host. Um, essentially, what we're trying to do is build a podcast long form, similar to like Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah. In which we interview people from all walks of life mm -hmm. uh, that have stories to share. We just want to create relatable, honest content where yeah. it's entertaining, obviously, uh, but honest and, and, uh, and entertaining. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. That's that's the goal. Uh, yeah. So we want to learn. We want to learn from our guests. Absolutely. So Yeah. And those yeah. are the best podcasts, I reckon. And, and um, you know, something that's relatable, it's conversational, not preachy. People just want to sort of listen to a conversation. And, you know, I think from my experience from chatting with you and on yours podcast, that was definitely the experience that we had. And that's what I try to create here on My Movie Story. And we're going to have a conversation about three uh, kick-ass action films. So um, without further ado, let's dive straight into that. And, I hope um, I can remember everything about them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can help jog your memory because I've, Thanks, I've seen them myself and yeah so so in my movie story we generally get people to pick three films which is very hard I understand that generally one that's a favorite not the favorite but one of their favorites a film that uh, maybe was not what they expected something that changed their perspective so maybe it changed your perspective on what an action film could be or uh, maybe it cast a certain actor and you're just like wow I didn't think they could do that you know and then the film that everyone must see at least once in their lifetime for, for whatever reason. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about the films that you've chosen. They're all very popular action films and um, you know, all the guys out there who are going to watch these and know them are going to be like, yeah, awesome. Hopefully we can convert some non-action film lovers to uh, go and watch them after we talk about them. So that's kind of the idea of my movie story awesome. is see <laughs> yeah, from, sure. uh, from Caden's point of view and maybe you'll enjoy it. So let's start with the first film, uh, which is not the number one favorite film for you of all time, but one of them. It's Definitely pretty not. high up there. Um, yep. Tell us the name of that film and maybe just introduce it for us, Caden. Sure. I guess we could start with Equalizer. This goes all the way to the top. Not enough, because I can keep going. Brick by brick, body by body. What do you see when you look at me? What do you see when you look at me? It's too late to start. 
So obviously uh, you saw that one recently, correct? That's right. I've seen the first one and loved it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely a great film. I mean, look, uh, in terms of, I guess, the narrative of the film, essentially it's a uh, a woman in distress. Now, I, this is the hardest part, and I forget the actor's name, the actor's name of the woman. So I'm, am I allowed to actually look that up, or is that something uh, that I should... Is it Chloe Grace... The young girl from the Kick-Ass films, I think it's her, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yes. And uh, she's since um, grown up quite a lot since yep. this film. Chloe, but, something um, I've gone blank as well. But my... One of our viewers can type in the comments for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah, I should probably come better prepared, so I do apologise for those. All good. But, yep. um, yeah, so Chloe Grace, I guess, plays a prostitute in the film. Denzel Washington is the main character. The man. Uh, he's sort of a, I guess he's retired, isn't he? A retired sort of. Yep. man of some sort um yep. and Corey grace essentially he's goes to his regular coffee place where he finds peace and yep. he, you know he loves his routine uh and, Corey, and he yeah and he and Corey grace sort of turns up as a, as a customer and, she, and he sort of finds pity in her situation at, you know i guess she's obviously doing it quite hard on the streets mm-hmm. she's a prostitute um so trying to get by and yep. she has a handler i guess who's yep. quite abusive and 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 evil yeah and uh and every time she comes to visit this coffee place he's there and it sort of progressively gets worse until she turns up with scars and bruises on her that's face right. yeah right uh and that sort of prompts him into action he sort of it takes it a little bit more personally he starts to so yeah. he, he builds a relationship with with chloe right yeah. and uh anyway so he starts to inquire she obviously is quite defensive, doesn't want to get him involved in the situation mm-hmm. because she knows that uh, her handle is quite violent and yep. doesn't doesn't understand that he is obviously, I don't know, what is he again? Is he is he like ex uh is he is he is, some is kind he, of some kind of government operative we find Yeah, out go, that's right, government operative that's a mysterious fine. background, but he, he basically now works as in like a, a Bunnings kind of place. So he's yeah, a, yeah, that's he's, right. a, he's a former shadow of himself, a, a shadow of his former self. I'm From choice, say. though, right? Yeah, and he's kind of yeah. just living this. He made a promise. That's life. right. Yeah, he made Until a promise to his wife. Yeah, yeah, he made a promise yeah. to his wife. I guess that uh, violence and, and that he would no longer pursue that. Uh, yep. The professionalism of violence, and that's yes, it. he was working for the government. So I guess we forgive him a little bit because you know, working for the government, good guy, even if he's you know eliminating mm. people yeah. <laughs> ruthlessly. <laughs> Yeah, the good guy um, doing bad things. Yeah, <laughs> just stop yeah, the bad yeah, good guy. reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll just look over that part. Um, so, <laughs> then, so Chloe comes in, and then essentially, yeah, he strikes up that relationship, and then he meets the handlers, and it's in a situation where they're forcing her into a car, and he confronts the handlers, yep. and they don't take too kindly to it. You mm. know, uh, they almost sort of mock her by giving her. Yep. their number saying like if you want to have sex with her or anyone else you know pay money and we'll, yeah. we'll do that so it's almost treating her as if she's property in a yeah, way which is so, how they're treated basically yeah yeah which obviously invokes quite a strong negative feeling towards them for the audience mm-hmm. right so you want to see revenge somehow you want to see justice so, yeah so yeah who who better to do that than denzel washington as an ex-cia hitman absolutely uh, yeah and without giving up <laughs> Without giving away too much of the plot, I think you've described yeah. it beautifully. But obviously, there's like in in these action films where it's like 
these guys are sleeping giants. You know, they, they're not Correct. doing what they used to do in the past. They're trying to just move on from it. All it takes right. is one violent act to trigger them off. And then which is interesting off, because they're often running, feel, aren't they? Yeah. I feel like if they're obviously, if they were introduced uh, in their current role, we'd have a lot less empathy for them. We wouldn't sort of mm. root for them as much, right? But because yeah. they've decided to live a, a quiet life, we can relate to them a lot better. Absolutely. And then also on top of that, uh, to revive their skills in order to to seek justice for a victim that's yes. uh, vulnerable, that can't, yeah, yep. someone who's weaker than for them. For sure, for them. sure. And this came out in 2014, and, and a lot of people might draw comparisons to a, another action film, which we may or may not talk about. I'm not going to spoil what your other films are yet, but that's yep. a bit of a hint. But w- would you agree, and I don't know if if you would agree with this, but my, my understanding of it is these films with these like older guys springing back into action. I feel like that was kind of a genre that was created with uh, the original taken with Liam Neeson. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And it kind of started as like these old guys can actually still kick ass. All they need Mm -hmm. is just someone to push their button and then they're back in action. And, and taken was such a surprise because it was like, well, Liam Neeson killed so many people in that film. And it was Amazing fantastic. <laughs> and then how many Taken-esque films have we seen since then? Like the, the and, and Liam Neeson's basically just churning them out. He's still going at the age of 70. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. interesting. If you give them, you know, such an, a grand objective, you know, you sort of look over the fact that he just assassinates like, you know, dozens and dozens of people. They just yeah. become bodies almost. That's right. right. <laughs> so why is this guy called the equalizer like what do you think sort of the the meaning behind the title of the film what are your thoughts on that i mean i guess it's sort of uh equalizing the a bit of evil in the world by sort of eliminating it in the mm. way right i don't know that's how i gather it yeah um, what about yourself what do you think yeah I, th- I think so it's is it's kind of about like restoring the balance you know yeah. and obviously he only kills those who have done something wrong like he's He's not just going out there killing people randomly. Like it's that whole idea of violence is wrong, but sometimes you've got to use violence to stop more violence from happening. So it sort of becomes justified, but it's still, it's still violence. So you kind of, you kind of on the fence with these sorts of characters. It's like, how many guys does he need to kill before he stops? Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's like, definitely, definitely. I think um, because you're so focused on your anger at how this young woman's being treated, um that you sort of overlook mm. the means in which he's gone to and that he goes to but in saying that though uh you know there is a quite a large threat in the sense that uh obviously he sparks an interest from some of the higher ups in this uh mafia type organization yeah and they <laughs> and they're, they're ruthless they'll, they'll continue to kill until they get to him or whatever yeah. the threat is right so one would also argue that uh does he have an option, you know what I mean, mm. to stop at that point that he got yep. so deep in it? So either yeah. he st- stops and then he gets killed or he continues to cut the head off the snake, which yep. I guess that was his goal. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's definitely the theme in this film and other action films. It's like once they start, they feel like, okay, I've I've resolved this initial problem, but then he's created all these other problems because he's, he's picked a fight with the Russian mafia. So it's like he can't just walk away from that. It's like he's, he's started this war. And like you said, it goes up to all these other higher levels about police corruption and the government and all that sort of stuff. So um, I'm keen to hear your thoughts also about like Denzel, Denzel Washington's character and his portrayal of this character and how he focuses on 
routine and his methods and how it sort of focuses in on his eyes and how he pays attention to all of that stuff. Like I thought that was really cool. And yeah, I was just keen to hear what your thoughts were on that, that kind of take on, on the character and why do you think they sort of went in that direction? Well, I think to be as good as he is as a trained killer, you have to be methodical. You have to, you know, be obsessed with uh, process and and timing and, and everything else. Right. Mm. Uh, because you're putting yourself in extremely dangerous situations. Yeah every single day for sure so he has to be ahead of his enemy yeah 100 of the time otherwise he's dead yep. so that explains that and i think denzel washington did an amazing job of oh, sort of betraying so cool. that in so good just the little like minor things like where when he comes i don't know if you remember the scene where he comes into the the, the bad guy's um home base for the very first time yeah and he's got that thing where he like he puts his stopwatch on that's his right. timer right he walks in He's like trying to calculate the time in which he will kill all these people in the room. But when yeah. he walks up to the big bosses, <laughs> right, and he offers the cash as a sort of a, a payment for her freedom, yeah. and he, he gets rejected, right? And they're laughing it up like he just looks like some old guy with like you know no yeah. no thing. And then he does this sort of extremely bold move of moving the the guy's skull or yep. all the items on his desk in sort of order. And yep. The guy looks, and that's when you see, and then and then you go close up of the the villain. And you can see he's putting him on into this guy is so mm. comfortable to do that. It's like he's starting is that question of who is this guy, which is yeah, so interesting is to the audience. Like who is he? And that's us too as an audience. Like yeah. who is this guy, right? Yeah, he's got absolutely. the balls to walk into this, you know, yeah. Russian mafia den and then start no fear like, at all. No, no fear. fear whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. And, and and the I film think that's sort really of powerful. starts off slowly, you know, and it kind of builds up to that scene. And what I really liked without giving too much away for anyone who hasn't seen it, what I really liked about oh. that first fight scene was he walks to the door and he opens it and then he shuts it and he opens yeah. it and shuts it. And he does this like three or four times and then he turns oh, around right. and you just see like the look on his face has changed. And it's like, all right, this guy's, he's back. You know, <laughs> that yeah, was his yeah, way yeah. of saying, hang on, mm, this is, um, this is the point of no return. Yeah, my- now. If I shut this door and come back in here, I've got to follow through on this, what I've just visualized myself doing, which is taking out these six guys. And he does yeah. it like in just such, it makes it look so easy. And yep. like he doesn't even break a sweat. And you know, I think that you know, casting Denzel Washington was just genius because he's such a good actor. And he can be he can play the most lovable good guys. He can play real hard ass villains like in training day. And this film, he's a bit of both. He's a nice yep. guy who works at this Home Depot place and is friends with everyone. And but he's also turns into this, you know, ruthless, cold as ice kind of killer. But so he's yeah, it kind of took the best of all of his different characters he's played over the years and, and, you know, channeled into this character and the third film's just been released. So obviously it's, it's yeah, I can't paid wait to off it. I'm actually going to see it tomorrow. Are you going to watch cool. that? Um, watch it? Yeah. I've still got to watch part two because I've only just seen the first uh, of course. So I'll watch the second yep. one and I'll, I'll try and go see the third one before it leaves the cinema. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely an equalizer fan now. So <laughs> yeah. Cool. Awesome, man. Glad so just quickly it. on, on Denzel Washington, um, honorable mentions other films of his you've seen and that you like and yeah. oh there's plenty but uh i'm terrible when it comes to remembering films and i'll tell you that like as in i remember them vaguely like the storyline but yep. like actors and titles sure it's, uh, i'm not i'm not like i'm not i'm definitely a film nerd but i'm i'm, I'm not that sort of uh way inclined unfortunately it'd take me a bit of time to sure. if you describe them i'll see if i can guess the title i'll fill in the blanks for you all right oh Go. man I, again <laughs> dude <laughs> I, I, it's uh yeah, but definitely he's, he's that kind of actor where you watch one film and you're like, I need to go watch a bunch of other Denzel Washington films now, you know, because he's like, hmm. 
he's so iconic. He's such an iconic actor, and he's he is yeah. You know, he he doesn't really sort of change his look very much, but yeah, each character he plays is a very different character. You know, he's got a really interesting definitely. acting style. Um, so yeah, like a couple of other honorable mentions of his, I'll mention. There's like Training Day, Deja Vu. Um, is a good one. Uh, a lot of the stuff he did with Tony Scott was pretty good. You know, Man on Fire and and yeah, Man on Fire, yeah, fantastic film. Yeah, definitely, definitely gotta watch that. The little hands. girl trying yeah. to find the little girl and all that stuff. Yeah, which is really cool. Awesome. So, so I guess it's you're not your usual kind of action film, The Equalizer. Like it's like a you know it's it's a slow burn to start off with before it kicks into to high gear. And uh, for maybe someone who's not a big action film watcher, would you recommend this to them to as one to get started on and and maybe yeah definitely hop on the action yeah. film train. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, definitely. All right, so good chat about the Equalizer. There, it's definitely a a different kind of action film, and uh, not probably not what you're expecting if you haven't seen it for the first time. Uh, cool. So the next one in this action bonanza, uh, we're going to talk about. <laughs> uh, so yeah, please introduce the next film for us, Caden. What are we? Yeah, talking? so uh, John Wick, Counter is fantastic. Good film, great film. People keep asking if I'm back. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm back. I'm not afraid of John Wick. Uh-huh. How good's your laundry? No one's that good. I thought not. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. All right. So I think that was 2014, is right? Is that is that right? Yes, it was yeah. the first one. You know, and now we're now we're four films in. Um yeah, which is awesome. So that was the finale, the last one, wasn't it? Number four. Well, there's talk of we maybe the fifth one. I've heard there really? might be a fifth one. So we'll see. But um yeah, so tell us who the hell is John Wick and uh why is he shooting all these guys? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> okay, good great question, dude. Uh yeah, no, that's good. Um so John Wick. Uh, look, I mean, obviously, John Wick is very similar to Equalizer in the sense that it is about a uh, a retired hitman. This this time, obviously, John Wick though is not uh, working for the government, not working for the sort of greater good, quote unquote. Uh, he's working uh, as a hitman to kill, you know, bad people within, you know, uh, I guess mafia type mm. world. Yeah. Right. There's just like underground mafia type world, right? And it's full of these different codes that they have. You know, there's that, uh, what's that, the hotel that he stays at uh, where the they're paying gold coins, the Continental, right? Yeah. And you can't can't spill blood on the Continental. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, obviously that doesn't last very long. No. It runs after John Wick. <laughs> yeah. So it's <laughs> but, like this uh, whole world, isn't it? Like that we just, that's there and we don't really notice. And it's like kind of, kind of underground, but not at the same time. Yeah, which, which is, is really sort interesting. Of, sort of similar to real life, right? Yeah. You know, like uh, we we do our daily business. We go to Woolworths. We hang out, and you have no idea that maybe next to you is a convicted criminal who you mm. know, went away for killing someone. Who knows, right? Like Just that's the mystery you. behind yeah. it. That's it. That's it. And uh, yeah, so John Wick, I guess, is this character who again has made a promise to a loved one that he's going to change his ways for the better and never and leave the life behind him. Yeah. So he's doing that uh, until he loses his wife, and obviously yeah. he's grieving. And in a moment on vulnerability, uh, he is broken into by intruders mm. uh, because they're stealing possessions. 
just you know what seems to be uh, a mischievous group of you know younger kids who turn out to be uh, related to a quite high up mafia boss who is in this mafia world, whatever we want to call it, and they kill his dog in the process. Yep. And the dog was a gift from his wife. So, mm. of yep. course, that uh, revives he, the fire within him, yes. the anger and the passion, and he makes the decision to bear arms and, and take revenge. Yeah. Killing. Bloody earth he does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I know, right? Like, there's, there's got to be some innocence in that, <laughs> in those sure. scenes, dude. Especially Actually. when they get into the nightclubs and they just start literally oh. opening fire and everyone yeah, is yeah. just like, I'm just thinking, man, it's crazy. Sure. They were pretty cool scenes, though. That Absolutely. scene, the nightclub scene, the very first nightclub scene, that was yeah. the best that stood out right. when that yep. music like kicks yep. in. And you're just like, oh no, here we That's go. That's it. Yeah, it kind of it's like it's John Wick was interesting because it's like okay, it's Keanu Reeves. Everyone knows Keanu Reeves. He's Speed, The Matrix. He's been around for ages, right? So this is an aging Keanu Reeves. Like he made the first one, and I think he was in his early fifties or something. And by this point, we'd had we'd had Taken, so it was like, and The Expendables, so all these aging action stars were sort of coming back and making movies. And then here comes John Wick, right? Uh, Keanu Reeves. And at first glance, it just looks like a, a kind of a small action film. You know, it's about, oh, yeah, they killed this guy's dog. Big mistake, right? Off he goes and knocks him off one by one. And now it's become like this freaking cultural phenomenon. And it's it's rare because each film has just sort of gotten better and better as it's gone along with like insane action scenes and all that. So just coming back to the first film though, like the, the style of action that it created was like the, 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 the gun, the gunplay in it and the way that Keanu Reeves moves around and is just like phenomenal. Like he, he really proved himself to be like one of the best action films, action film actors ever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So what did you think about the whole style of the film and like what makes it sort of unique? Do you reckon? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, I think they just did everything really well. I don't think it was at first glance. I didn't think, oh, this is the most original film I've ever seen, right? But yeah, of course. The stunt, the 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 quality of the cameraman and the stuntman and the action, the the choreography—that's the word I'm called choreography—was um, just like really high level. And I think with Keanu Reeves sort of acting, which was just very deadpan and and I think it just it all worked it all just sort of came together and it made sense they casted it well yeah uh and yeah all the all the criminals and the villains they they played them well because they just hated all of them type thing so yeah, yeah I, I guess it's hard to say yeah that, that that's probably where I'll put it to yeah pretty much I think that's why it it worked for sure and and like you said in the film he's he's retired he's lost his wife this puppy arrives on his doorstep, which was like a gift from his um, deceased wife. And then uh, sadly, spoiler alert, the puppy is, is killed by these, these scumbags. And then he springs into action. So I've often thought, I'm keen to hear what you think about this. Was it obviously the, the death of the puppy set him off, but what, what is he really avenging? You know, and as the films have progressed, is it still, you know, is he still seeking revenge for that original act or has it sort of become something bigger like what's driving him to go and just kill all these guys <laughs> i think it's the fact that they targeted something that it was that he loved and then mm-hmm. the fact that he was unable to to leave to truly leave that uh that, that that life behind him they forced him back into the life that he didn't want to be a part of and mm-hmm. so 
what better like if if you've been forced back into that why not just if i can't live the life i want to live i'm just going to destroy everything and, and anyone around me that gets yeah. in my way and all those mm-hmm. who yeah who put up a, a fire to him obviously yeah. don't yeah. do so well in the that's end. right yeah. <laughs> even if he falls off like a five-story building dude he just gets up and, and just shoots yeah and, head and he, place, how so. many times has, has he been shot and they, they just can't kill the guy you know and uh... <laughs> by the end of it i feel sorry for the the evil dudes you know because yeah. it's just like this guy <laughs> Yep. they've got no chance they just don't that's know it. that's the end they're just yeah. they're just like these henchmen who probably think yeah i'm, I'm, a, I'm a good henchman you know i, I make a good <laughs> yeah. living out of it and it's like yeah. no matter how skilled they are they just can't they can't stop john wick and it's like yeah. he never misses it's like shoot you in the head i'll shoot you in the head i'll roll over here and i'll shoot you in the head and guys are just like dropping like flies and then he runs out of ammo and throws his gun and kills them that way <laughs> yeah. picks up a magazine from a different gun and puts it in his gun and, and shoots some more guys and it's he's just he's like a freaking tidal wave like that's the best way that i can sort of describe so i him. feel i feel like yeah. the great thing about that's the comedy in it right you know, yeah. call him the boogeyman right and i think i don't really well, no, i don't but, think uh, that... baba yeager baba yeager right baba yeager, but then which otherwise is... called the boogeyman right another way another English name translation yeah, yeah baba yeah. yeager is the, the russian um version of it right that's right and i think he yeah. he uh the the director and the writer, they were obviously going for a bit of comedy, mm-hmm. right? But they didn't. I don't think they realized that it was going to take off and become a cult. Fo- they have such a cult following oh, to it. They're huge movies, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And 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 you know what I love about them is is the, the bad guys and every time they level up and they become more ridiculous and more absurd, right? Like I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but the most recent one. Uh, the 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 big guy in the suit. Yep. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the poker table. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. He, and he's like, oh, when he when he was sort of introduced on the scene, I thought, oh, here we go. This guy's in control. You know, he's got control. He's very confident. Absolutely. And uh, and he sort of puts up a really good fight, but obviously ultimately ends up yep. dead. But That's he was it. one of the few enemies that uh, that just yeah struck struck fear into everyone around them for a little bit until he Absolutely. was killed. Absolutely. Yeah, and as the films have progressed, obviously the the villains and the opponents have gotten more skilled because he, he re-enters this world. Like right. it's at the, the first film, it's like a small sort of Russian mob. And then in the, in the second film, it's kind of like, well, you're going to pay for what you did in the first film. And then the third film, it's like, now he's kind of running for his life. And then the fourth film, it's like, I'm going to end it. It's like redemption and stuff. So it's a great character arc that we see him go through. And um, obviously the, the laws of physics, are, like with any action film, just go out the window because there's no way one man could shoot all those guys and right. and not miss and not get, and he does get shot a few times, but in this world, they have like bulletproof suits. And like I noticed in the, in the recent film, he gets his jacket and kind of holds it up like that. And it's like a shield. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, where the hell do you get these suits? Like, I don't think Roger David sells them or anything. <laughs> no, no, no. But it's, it's yeah. cool. Like, and there's actually a TV series coming out called the continental, which is uh set. Is it based in- on it? set in the seventies and it's a young, um, what's the name of his boss? The, um, the Ian oh, McShane character. Is it great character though? Yeah. I forget one. his name. Um, but it's I'll a, find him it. Him starting out, um, starting out and building up the continental. So, um, the actor, Winston, Winston, yeah. Winston's the character, the actors Ian McShane. Yeah. There you go. It was on the tip of my tongue. So yeah. yeah. So the John Wick series, um, mm. best action series ever. What do you reckon? Big claim. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Best. I wouldn't say I know it's a bit of a leading question because I. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a. Yeah. What, what's what it's do a you hard one to say. 
Look, I, I would say it's the best ever. I think it's one of the best. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Of modern times. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, of modern times, definitely. And just like just goes to show what a what an awesome guy Keanu Reeves is and like how he's just keeps coming back like he he has he's had all these classic films like speed was a action defining film in the 90s and then the matrix and the original trilogy was pretty good the new film that will we won't talk about that uh but which one was that the, the new matrix film yeah Don't oh, is it how how close is it how cl- how recent was that one i missed it uh it came out at the start of last year yeah the matrix oh, wow. um okay. The Matrix Revolutions, but um, I think it was called um, Resurrection. Yeah, sorry, The Matrix have, Resurrection. Yeah, it didn't resurrect the franchise. Let's just um, leave. So we'll forget about that. But yeah, <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. but the yeah, John, I love John I Wick. I love no, John Wick. Sorry, I love Counter Reeves, man, because yeah. I think just like him as a person, what he promotes. You know, obviously Hollywood's full of fake, you know, uh, greedy people, and uh, Counter Reeves have purposely set himself up in a lifestyle that's uh, humble. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that, you know, that story about in the Matrix where he gave, you know, millions of dollars to the visual effects because, yeah, let's be let's be honest, they were the groundbreaking part of the film. They were the real wizards. Without them, exactly yeah. without that visual effects, it would just yeah. be another average uh, action yeah. film. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and the fact that you know he chooses to go on, I think I heard somewhere that he chooses to take public transport. He just lives yep. in an apartment in New York somewhere. And, yep. Yeah. That's it. That, that, He's just a modest that, guy. Think, which is why yeah. I think also why John Wick did so well too, because people yeah. knew that yep. around that time as well. Yeah. So. And he and he works hard as well. Like he he completely throws himself into those films and he he trains for months and months and like there's no bullshit with Keanu Reeves. It's like he could have just sort of cashed in and on his looks and, and taken all these cliched parts, but he doesn't. He he thinks he thinks carefully about the films he does and he you know, he's not the let's face it, he's not the greatest actor in the world, you know. But it's not about that. He's he's just like he's just a he's just a guy. He's just a guy right. who's landed in this industry and he's he's made something of it. And I think he's got a lot of respect and he's one of the most loved movie stars in the world. And there you go, Definitely. good on him, you know. And I'll, I'm there every new Keanu Reeves film. I'm you know I'm there. He's just he's very watchable, you know, and he's uh, he's likable and yeah, some some great films that he's had over the years. So yeah, he's a legend for sure. All right, I watch so... it. Anyone listening? Definitely. If Definitely, yeah. Don't don't uh, cross John Wick. Don't cross the Equalizer. Uh, you'll be you'll be in trouble. So, <laughs> all right, now cool. But for the final film, and this this is a big one, um, and uh, one of the best action films of the past decade, easily. Um, part of a long running series of films. What are we talking about, Caden? What what films? Mad Max Fury Road. Boom. <laughs> Hardy, dude. <laughs> Tom Hardy, yeah. What yeah. what a ballistic, crazy movie that is! Like far out. Like so, and I have to ask you: Had you seen the other Mad Max films before you'd seen Mad Max Fury Road? I, I have, man, but it's been such a long time ago that I, I forgot yeah, a lot same. about them. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah same here when i was a kid i think but uh like to come you know, my back dad was actually asked yeah. funny story i met the stunt the stuntman on the original mad max oh, uh, yeah. at a film that uh, my dad did in tasmania that i worked on with him uh called arctic blast the film's called arctic blast and his stuntman the stuntman from mad max was there oh, cool. uh, uh in the original and uh dad was actually asked to do that film uh, he was cool. up in the running to be a production designer on Mad, on the original Mad Max, but he was cool. actually pretty sure, and don't hold me to this, I'm pretty sure he was working on Home Alone 4 at the time and oh, right. take it, take up the offer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He had another, it might have been Home Alone 4 or something else, but there was another right. film. In the, yeah, so. yeah. Well, it sounds like he's he's done pretty well for himself in, in the industry. And yeah, and uh, like he said, he might be a guest on here in the future if, if we can lock him down. We'll see oh, yeah, we he'll do it, definitely. Yeah. He actually <laughs> just got a, an Order of Australia medal oh, right. uh, for his work in film. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Leslie Binns, everyone look him up. It's a very impressive filmography and some pretty iconic movies there. So, so Mad Max Fury Road, it's essentially uh, a chase film, really. You know, it starts right. off like we're, we're, we're transported into this world where the planet has gone to shit you know, it's like it was in the original Mad Max films. It's just desert. They're scrounging for water, whatever they can find. And it's post-apocalyptic, uh, isn't it? Post-apocalyptic. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like... Yeah, it's like basically the world's a whole is just desert now. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. And they tried to re-emulate this in the 1990s with a film called Waterworld, starring Kev- Kevin Costner, which was like <laughs> Mad Max on water. It was dubbed. Uh, a lot of people hate that film. I actually like it. It's not bad yeah. if you just look at it as a standalone film. Uh, so yeah, Mad Max is that dystopian future kind of stuff. So, um, oh, I mean, like this is this is your film. Like, why have you picked this, and why is this why is this a film people need to see? I mean, there's the obvious reasons, but yeah, tell us. Well, I just think I so about it. this particular film, Mad Max Fury Road, is they've had a a decade to perfect the the filmmaking craft before making this one, right? So they got to learn a lot from the original, but they have now all the CGI and the editing and the cameras. Mm-hmm. To, to really bring you into the world, right? Like, you know, if you watch the one, is the 90s, I think it was the original? Was it the 90s or the 80s, the original Mad Max? Do you the remember? The very first one. It may have even been late 70s or... Late 70s, right? Or so, 80s, um, the, the original trilogy. I think it was so mostly, watching it now, mostly the 80s, yeah. Watching it now, they they relied heavily on, like, dress, uh, dress design, mm. you know, um, props, paintings to create that world, right? Uh, it's more of a physical... Uh, artistic approach but now with the the cgi that we have uh i think yeah it just was able to bring you into the world a lot better so it just felt you felt immersed in it right part of it and you could feel the anxiety and that max is going through you know trying to to get out and break free from this and and uh yeah you know yeah so that's that's what i think uh yeah definitely yeah, and and if anyone hasn't seen the film and you watch the trailer, I just watched it before we hopped on this call, and it starts off with Tom Hardy's character Max, Tom Hardy replacing Mel Gibson, so still the same character. Uh, Mel Gibson wasn't hired for whatever reasons, um, uh, but uh, Tom Hardy plays the character, and he says in the start of the trailer, "I think I'm, I'm driven by one instinct: survive." And that really that's right. what the film's about. It's about survival. And it's like they just have to keep moving. They keep moving forward. And it's like he bands with this woman who's fled the city with the the boss's six or seven wives or whatever it is to yeah. like to rescue them. And then they they work together. Tom Hardy and Shelley's Theron, um, Furiosa, I think is her something her name. And um, 
and uh, off they go and they work together and it's like this rickety old truck that's like looks like it could fall apart any second but it races across the desert and then this massive like you know onslaught of like hey give me back my my wives chases them across the desert and it's just this long chase scene and it's like i, I remember watching it my mouth was just like yeah, I was just awesome. <laughs> blown away by the action and all that so yeah to, can you talk a little bit about the the action and like yeah what what kind of experience are people going to have when they watch this one oh i guess it's just uh edge of your seat anxiety right yeah. waiting for Absolutely. you know the 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 barrage of uh attempts to kill this character i guess mm. um it's uh yeah it's definitely it's a lot of fun I, i'd say and also they've gotten a lot they've gotten creative with the uh with with the characters as well right like mm. the ones that they shave their head they you know they've got chrome paint that they paint their oh, yeah. mouths with and you know here, witness right. me you know like, that's right Just <laughs> sacrifice they they're like lambs them. sacrifice themselves like yeah. you know this cult leader who runs this village but runs it like a totalitarian dictator type thing mm. uh you're sort of yeah you're sort of really rooting for max right and and mm -hmm. the girls to, to to break free and find freedom and uh, yeah that's what drives you i guess yeah yeah and and it's just like the film is just like bursting with energy and bursting with like this visceral in your face action and it's like you can't look away from it and essentially it's like two big chase scenes you know there's not a whole lot of plot to the film but that doesn't matter because it's like such a it's such a marvel of filmmaking you know achievement and it and it mm. cleaned up at the oscars the year it came out it won all the technical awards I think it was even nominated for best picture. It didn't win, but it just like, it just burst out onto the scene out of nowhere. And it kind of took this franchise that had been dormant since the 1980s. It didn't have Mel Gibson in it, but it was like, doesn't matter. And it just came back and it just freaking kicked ass. And it was, <laughs> it's just an, it's an incredible film to experience. And that's the thing you experience it, don't you? You just, yeah, like, you do. It's an experience more than anything else. Right. Like you said, yeah. it's not a heavy in the plot but mm. it's more of an experience. And I love films like that as a change of pace rather than, you know, a dialogue and a depth of story. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, just a, a moment in time and you're experiencing it with this character, yeah. you know, step by step. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love that about it. Yeah. For sure. And, and it places you right in the action because it gets like so up close to what's going on. And it's, there's one scene where it's like, there's this big explosion and there's, there's guys going from side to side on these like, you know, these bungee things and uh, like guys flipping off and it, it's just so much going on, you know, and I, I was watching it not long ago with a mate of mine and yeah, it's just every time I watch it, um, it still blows me away. You know, it's just, uh, he ends up killing the, uh, the leader of that uh, village, doesn't he? He ends up killing the leader, right? Uh, oh, of the, uh, the yeah, yeah. Charlie's, he comes back, character. right? Yeah. Yeah. They come back. They're so like, they're yep. running away and then they go, you know what? It's not enough to just, keep surviving now mm -hmm. it's time to to take action and, and get revenge on on you know because originally he starts, yeah yeah and then when, the, when the dictator realizes like oh no they're, they're fleeing back to the city and the whole army is has vacated the city to chase them it then becomes this this chase back to get there first <laughs> and it's like that's the that's the big payoff it's like we got you out now we're going to run back and lock you out so i thought that was that was really cool how they did that yeah mad max definitely uh Go watch it. Yep. It's uh, I, I don't think I could do it justice uh, in terms of describing it. <laughs> no, like <laughs> you know, it's not a film you have to really try hard to convince people to watch because it it just speaks for itself. It's like 
just go and watch Mad Max Fury Road and you'll be so glad you did even <laughs> like oh, 100% and I was like well when it first came out I was like I don't know if I'm gonna go watch that because I'm not of the generation that grew up on Mad Max it was a little bit before my time um I'm like oh okay so it sounds like they're just trying to revive this franchise but no it's a, it's a whole other film in itself and it's just yeah it just blows you away so yeah it's, it is one of those films you just experience it's not like one where you have to overthink it's like watch the screen and it's all just happening <laughs> it's just it goes nuts it's just think explosions and crashes and groundbreaking stunt work and you know it's that's all you need to tell people and they'll enjoy it it's a hard it'd be hard not to enjoy it i'd imagine that's actually uh yeah. similar to like the film i made malevolence that's what i was trying to achieve with that film oh, uh, yeah. in terms yep. of just yeah just a, a moment in time but yeah i was trying to create that experience in that moment uh, where sort, yep. of, where sort of you're going on a journey with a character and it's just yeah yeah raw raw so speak that's it. yeah that's it and it's an experience and that and movies need should be an experience you know it's uh it's good to watch films that make you think and challenge you and that you discuss but like with films like that it's just like just go and just get your socks knocked off that's what it's all about <laughs> and it, and yeah, it does, that, does that very well yeah yeah cool well three awesome action films Caden I think everyone watching would agree like three great franchises three great standalone films you know um something for everyone there I think and action films that for people who've never watched them you you might watch these and, and they're not going to be what you expect i think certainly the equalizer sort of surprises you i think and it's definitely surprised me so just to sort of wrap up our chat um i guess yeah just throw it back to you now sort of you know plans for the future i know you're working on the podcast and that and or uh yeah anything any movies that you're looking forward to so what what's kind of on the horizon for you mate just tomorrow night I'm probably gonna watch the equalizer three Yes. Uh definitely. that's the the I just finished watching the new One Piece series that came out. I'm a, a huge fan of One Piece. I've been watching the anime since I was 14. Oh yeah. I've heard good things yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely uh it was a look as a One Piece fan who has sort of read the manga and watched the anime. Um it you know, it's it's nowhere near the anime in terms of but I do commend them for giving it a go. It's a very difficult difficult thing to create into a live action film. Uh, it's always going to have a bit of a cheesy feel to it because the way that Japanese anime is, it sometimes it's very uh, there's a lot of caricature character what's the word caricatures or whatever what's the word um, it's sort of you know a little bit of out of the world out of this world in a way uh, yep. a bit ridiculous yeah right so yeah. so taking that the ridiculousness of it and then turning it into a serious uh, live action series not easy but they I, I actually think they did quite well at doing it so yeah, yeah definitely awesome that's another one to go watch one cool piece. good recommendation yeah well uh i'll i'll check that out for sure it keeps coming up as a suggested thing for me to watch so um uh and hearing your thoughts on it and one of my students was talking about it today i'm like what's this yeah what's this show everyone's talking about so i'll check yeah, it out but um yeah well thanks Caden. it's it's been a really cool chat and you know this was our first action themed episode of my movie story so yeah really glad we were able to chat about these episodes and uh any non-action film lovers out there now you've got three action films to get you started uh and you know there's no turning back you know you'll you'll, you'll be on board 100 so <laughs> so thanks for <laughs> joining it. us mate it's been a great chat and um yeah thanks for being on my movie story no worries thanks brian take it easy catch you man till next time see you dude